Now and Again is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage, Keanu, and more, head on over to cageclub.me. That is cageclub.me. Hey everyone, it's your now and again. Uh, this is this is an emergency episode. We are coming together um, at the at the the deadline at, at the one minute to midnight. The precipice of greatness. Because we need to talk about this. Um, this is going to be less of an episode about music and more an episode about um, a, a human being associated with music. By the way, Nico's here. That's who that was. We're going to be talking about Taylor Swift. Yeah, and I think this actually is an important thing because it exactly is, this is doing exactly what you set out to do. We're going to be talking about the culture created by pop music. So, I mean, let's get the music thing out of the way first. I think we're actually going to briefly kind of touch on her early music and the the most recent song. But, like, general opinions of Taylor Swift's music? Uh, I find, it just doesn't move me. It's... Not bad. I actually uh, like one or two songs here and there. Uh, I particularly like the Goat Splice of Trouble. Yeah, pretty with pretty with you on that. Um, I like Blank Space. Um, I like some of her more lighter pop songs. I have this kind of ironic, um, not ironic, because we've talked about how it's not ironic, but like I recognize the fact that like she wears short shirts, I wear skort skirts uh, is is a bad song, but like I still kind of like it. I have to just pimp out my friend Brian Lynch, who uh, does an amazing series of she wears short, like she, uh, it's takes on that, and there's stuff like she wears short shorts, I wear sneakers, maybe I shouldn't be so obsessed with what other girls are wearing, and all sorts of really funny takes on how ridiculous those lyrics are. Yeah, they're very um, 15-year-old girl lyrics, and that was fine when she was like, you know, 16-year-old Taylor Swift. Um, the thing is... And we're going to kind of get more into this, and this is, in a way, I think, a lot of our thesis. And hey, if you like Taylor Swift's music, that's fine. We're talking about kind of what it represents and why it is, you know, hashtag problematic. Um, she's never really moved past that 15-year-old girl thing, except, uh, like, she's doing it in a kind of different way. She's gone from being, uh, to, to swipe Katy Perry's line, uh, or at least to paraphrase it, she's kind of gone from being Katy to being Regina George. You know what? I I would say that she's actually been Regina George for a really long time. Uh, I think there's that great joke from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but who are we doing this at? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of Taylor Swift's music is at people. Yeah, even from the beginning, there's this, like, kind of what we're talking about, this she wears short shirts, you know, just judging another woman. It's like, even though that's, like, her one song that's not about an actual, like, male celebrity or a female pop star... Um, that is still, like, about and directly comparing herself to another person. She's kind of always been doing this. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, and I think the other thing is, Taylor Swift is an heiress. She comes from a very wealthy family. There's no, like, you know, hardworking girl kind of backstory there. Taylor Swift is pretty what you see is what you get. Yeah, because she came from country, she gets that kind of created backstory of, um... You know, we've talked about authenticity in country music before and how it's not entirely accurate. She gets that kind of working class background, but she is a princess. And I want to say something that's really interesting, not to jump too far ahead too quickly, too excitedly, but your point was that she um, she she stayed in a pretty – her MO was pretty 15-year-old, 16-year-old young woman. And what's funny is I keep saying this new image she's creating is – 
her she got burned junior year, so she's gonna come back senior year and show everybody what's what. And like yeah. it it's you know, she's in her goth phase. Part of me feels like it's a little reductive to to say she's being a sixteen year old girl, but like we're you know we're kind of using that cliche that mean girls thing. We're not you know insulting. But, uh, we're actually sixteen year old girls, even though all sixteen year olds are insufferable. To be fair, we we're actually just going after. We're, we're not even going after. We're we're referencing lyrics in particular. There's also that "You Belong with Me" song, where you, like you mm-hmm. were sixteen when I first when when you know what I mean. Like uh, I don't know all the words. Sorry guys, but Romeo Juliet one. She doesn't get that Romeo and Juliet die at the end. Yeah, that one. And she's not really moved her her music sphere past it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Haters gonna hate, 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 hate. It, shake it off. There's a song that I constantly forget is Taylor Swift. Yeah, that was her. That was her big. Uh, her big breakup with country was when she put that song and that album out. Yeah, that's when she made the statement of "I'm a pop chick now." I think that's really what it comes down to. I think for me, I'm sort of horrified by this. Taylor Swift's new image is her taking shots at people. Number one, no, that's not your new image. Everyone has always, I mean, you made no secret of, um, which song's about Katy Perry again? Uh, uh, look what you made me do. No, no, I thought there was a, look what you made I thought there was a previous do. one. Look what you made me do. Uh, Bad Blood. Bad Blood, that's it. Um, I think for me, you know, I, 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 I teach high schoolers and I don't want my high schoolers walking away from this woman who says she's a role model with it's cool to do takedowns on people. You know what I mean? Like that's a little too much. And I think that's sort of where the issue comes in with this new Taylor Swift. Number one, not only is she, um, not only is she behaving really childishly, um, and I, I understand that you could even tell me that a lot of it is actually clever and pointed inward. And if you told me that, I would tell you that she still did it the way she did it to, 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 to make it salacious, to, to further these feuds. Because it's, it's insane to me the number of feuds Taylor Swift seems to have with people. Like, uh, Calvin Harris said that, like, Taylor Swift really fucked him up, but because the NDA she made him sign, he can't say anything about it. That is that is insane. If someone makes you sign, I mean, I guess I'll never be a celebrity, so I don't know what goes into that. But like, if you have to have your lawyers meet with this person's lawyers before you can fuck them, that is, this is a run, run in the opposite direction. And you know, I've actually always wondered why those exist. Like, not to be like, not to be salacious or anything, but like, some of these guys, is it because like they they do or don't want the world knowing what they've got downstairs? For women, I do understand that we, the way we fetishize and sexualize women as a culture, and we're all about, you know, the upskirt shot and stuff, I I do recognize how women might need to do it as, as a method of protection because their career is destroyed afterward. Pretty inherently, once you're, once, once you're, you're your uh, your lady bits are out there. It's it's really hard to maintain credibility in your career in this unfortunate society. But um, I guess that depends on what f- industry you're in. There's there's quite a few people who have springboarded off of that. You know what? But those are people we never take seriously. True. Yeah, they were. Yeah, you're right. They didn't have positions, places in the pop culture lexicon before that. 
Right. Like, I mean, if we, and I'm, I'm saying this and I mean this the way I mean this, but I don't mean it quite the way it's going to come out. But if we found out tomorrow that there was a sex tape of Adele and she really didn't want it getting out there and it turns out she's really into putting peanut butter on one thigh, jelly on the other thigh, and then having sex, we would think <laughs> differently of Adele. And hold on, wait, I need to go to Pornhub right now. <laughs> uh, cut, cut the crusts off and, you know, definitely just go to town. Yeah. Um, look what that sandwich made her do. And I will, I will, I just want to say, I really do appreciate, um, I'll try to link to it. I don't know if he's ever gotten more in depth into it other than a couple of tweets, but I really love Matt Chrisman's hypothesis that Taylor Swift has never had sex. There, there is, what do you think about it? There's some real support there. Uh, but go on. So for me, it, it's sort of like, I do feel bad because I, I feel like, um, edit this part out if it's not appropriate. Did, can we know people, can people know that there was another take or no? Oh yeah, that's fun. Okay. So we had actually done a previous take of this and due to an unfortunate computer glitch situation, we lost it. I'm kind of glad that we lost it because while nothing I said was because of, I view Taylor Swift differently as a woman. Um, I feel like there's some points I want to make about why I'm specifically saying, let's strip the idea of gender away and let's just talk about this for a second. I, I, I know we can't really truly ever remove gender from the conversation and we can't ever remove the way gender changes the way society treats a person and their reactions as a result. So, you know, ultimately, if we want to blame something for Taylor Swift's behavior that we have a problem with, uh, whether it's her incredible appropriation of hip-hop in this very disingenuous way or it's um, the fact that she's got more dicks, uh, dick tracks oh. that she's got more diss tracks than a mixtape and that's that's crazy that's crazy Taylor yeah. Swift has made a career of songs at people and she seems to paint herself the victim all the time. Now, the problem with this is that is truly – and there's an article uh, going around. I think it's Vulture. Uh, that is truly that why Taylor Swift's music has become the pinnacle of Trumpyism. Like it's, it's this I'm going to get revenge on you. I'm going to hurt you and you made me do it to you. Yeah. And – you know, one of the things that's really fascinating that that article mentions is that Taylor Swift has stayed very clearly out of politics. Yes. Now, um, uh, Katy Perry had been in politics, and, you know, we know there's such a, so much bad blood between the two of them. Um, bad blood. Oh, fuck my cock. So um, one of the things is that with Katy Perry being political, it's really interesting that Taylor Swift never also – made a statement politically, especially because Katy Perry following the Clinton um, campaign around yeah. the country was during the feud. Mm -hmm. um, it's very interesting. And, you know, and it's not just that Katy Perry, I'm sorry, not Katy Perry. It's not just that Taylor Swift is petty in terms of her songs. She's petty as a human being. She re-released her library yeah. to the internet the day Katy Perry's album dropped. That is, that is gem. <laughs> That is gem status. That is outrageous. That is truly, truly outrageous. If a better and person did it to a worse person, I would think it was a masterstroke, honestly. Like, that is really funny. But, I mean, like, the the feud is so petty that it it's just like, why? What? Why are we wait? Why? I don't understand. Like, it's just a waste. It's a waste of everybody's energy. It's unfortunate because the fact that it is two multimillionaire um, celebrity women who control their own careers... The unfortunate thing is, is they are taking swipes at one another with all of these things, and they are playing into some unfortunate stereotypes. 
And it's it's not the role model example that they say they set. Uh, I believe Katy Perry is sort of kind of like staying above it more. I think Katy Perry is keeping her nose out of everybody's business. But the thing is, just to bring up Katy Perry, mm-hmm. she's just one of the many few. Yeah. There's the Kim Kanye Taylor feud. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Kanye West, you know, I, I think Kanye West running up on that stage and being like, you know, Beyonce's music video is the best music video of all time. Um, <sighs> it's the It's essentially the Batman Begins of Taylor Swift. Of like this Taylor yeah. Swift, a hundred percent. It it it's the it's the moment where she puts on the suit for the first time, and she's like, "Oh my god, if I'm the victim, I win." Love and everybody loves me, especially when when you put me a tiny blonde girl directly against a scary minority. Yeah, and I I think it's really interesting that a lot of controversy with Taylor Swift comes back to Kanye and Beyonce. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And the and the reason this is interesting is because there's a lot of people accusing. Taylor Swift's video for Look What You Made Me Do of Stealing From Formation. And the director of um, the video said, I actually feel like Beyonce stole from us in the first place, which is just ridiculous um, because I believe his point of of proof is that they both were turtlenecked. Well, yeah, Joseph Kahn has hitched his wagon to Taylor Swift. He's done like the last like eight videos of hers and they all look like absolute dog shit. The Blank Space video is just Paparazzi by Lady Gaga, like, almost shot for shot. It's all really boring, bland imagery, or it's terrible CGI. Her videos all suck. I don't understand why they get millions of hits. Well, because the songs are catchy as hell. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it comes down to, is that YouTube is not a, uh, is not always a video format. It's just, like, a place where you can put on music that you like. That's what my husband uses it for. Especially when she pulled all of her shit from Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, like, I think the other thing we need to bring up is the fact that a lot of times I, – I think this is part of what does upset me about about the Taylor Swift situation and why I feel her music is currently a bit appropriative. She had that weird thing with Nicki Minaj. Yeah. She's had that – Let's talk about that. She had that weird thing with Kim and Kanye where then they had proof that she did say those things. And she – yeah, say those things. The, the- – the Nicki Minaj one, I think, is more interesting because it really had nothing to do with Taylor Swift. She inserted herself into it. Um, she was nominated for, uh, I, don't, I think it was a VMA, uh, along with you know five other people. And Nicki Minaj tweeted something that was along the lines of, like, if your video celebrates, you know, regular white bodies, then you're going to be nominated. And Taylor Swift replied to her and said, like, you know, with all of this uh, positivity, I'm surprised that you would tear down women like this. And Nicki Minaj was basically like, who the fuck was talking to you? Also, what? Um, and that's, you know, kind of paraphrased. I'm, I'll, I'll link some article about it because um, I can't, you know, bring my... Anytime I read about Taylor Swift's feuds, honestly, I start to go cross-eyed. Uh, but that's the extent of it. She inserted herself where she didn't belong, and it had this kind of weird racial overtone to it. Yeah. Um, especially because it was clearly... It was clearly Nicki Minaj saying her inclusion was not in enough... In, in a racial situation. You know what I mean? It was, it was Taylor Swift willfully entering this situation, putting herself in something she was just not a part of. The other time that happened, where something was thrust onto Taylor Swift, was the Kim, Con- no, it was the Kanye Beyonce thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just interesting. Um, I, I, I like that you called her like the, the pop star for the Trump era because, uh, we kind of just saw that this weekend with um, 
fucking President Oatmeal Brains deciding that the <laughs> kneeling during the National Anthem, which is a protest against systemic racism, uh, is now all of a sudden about him. Yeah, and that's got I I I I I look I I I I come from a family that is is really mixed politically. Like my my one aunt is uh, she's super cool and she super sees a lot of the world the way I do. We do not agree about the uh, flag debate right now. Um, the the flag debate. God, look how they've rephrased it on us. Look how they've rephrased exactly. it on us. Yeah, um, we watched that shit happen. Like that is what that like you know we're we're bringing real politics into this pop music thing but like you can see that shit happening you can see somebody take an idea and just mold it and change it and that is because marketing and advertising has killed all of us and now we're living in hell yeah a hundred percent um we right back to the point though because i i would go way off point here yeah yeah um I think one of the things I, I do need to get across is ultimately at the end of the day, Taylor Swift does like to say that she's a positive role model for women and um, she she's ultimately turned out not to be. She really does write her music at people. And the problem is she's such a, a high profile person. You know, one one sort of feud we never bring up is the John Mayer thing. And I think it's because we all sort of just think John Mayer is like a six foot four scumbag. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think he's a genius. Is he the gap in the Venn diagram between Katy Perry and, uh, Taylor Swift other than the background dancers or whatever that stupid, yes. stupid feud is about. Yes. Katy Perry and, and John Mayer were, you know, like very, very serious for several years. And Taylor Swift, the, the rumor is, Taylor okay so the rumor is Taylor and John had some sort of physical thing one day when she did two lines on the song Half of My Heart for the album Battle Studies and then he was kind of like that was a good time thanks for playing with you know my John Mayer dick bye and she was kind of like I can't believe he would do this to me and like don't get me wrong she was like 18 at the time and that's kind of scummy but like at the same time we don't know that we don't know what happened we can never no, and I guess what I'm trying to say is that's that's a Taylor Swift feud that took place before we understood Taylor Swift better, mm-hmm. and we immediately added it to the list of reasons John Mayer's a piece of shit. Well, yeah, and you know, we don't know what happened between her and John Mayer, just like we don't know what happened between her and Calvin Harris, or Tom Hiddleston, or the, the Twilight Wolf, or Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, but we do know that the one common denominator in all of that is fucking Taylor Swift. I am, I am, oh my god, my phone one's not playing Jennifer Love Hewitt's Let's Go Bang, and that's a really funny thing, and I can't explain it, I literally haven't played that song in several years, but that just happened. Um, I actually do concern that some of this does come off a little gendered, to be honest with you, but, um... Yeah, I would probably just cut the whole John Mayer thing, because I, I do hear it now, and I'm like, uh, um, I, don't, no, I don't know, I don't know if it's really that bad. We're talking about how she she's const- she's the one common denominator in all of these these feuds. There's clearly something yeah. happening that she and it's it's she, but like not because she is a woman, but she there's just she's constantly doing this. It's constantly a cycle of who is Taylor Swift mad at today. There's a fucking you can see a breakdown of her Wikipedia articles that say who she has said the songs are about. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I want to get at. Like, 
she seems to think that's appropriate. Like, she, I don't think she would want her whole life on display. I guess she does. I guess that's not a problem for her. But that's kind of it, too. Everything Taylor Swift does seems to be a really carefully calculated move to keep you in love with Taylor Swift. Yeah, I wonder how many people Taylor Swift is these days. Like, there's clearly Taylor Swift, but I feel like she is also a brand. She is like Banksy. Like, there are multiple people who are Taylor Swift at this point. I agree. I very much agree with that. I think she... She's just hard to take seriously. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big part of it, is that it's 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 just like, who who could give a shit? <laughs> kind of, honestly, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to put it that way, I didn't think. But yeah, um, I think part of it might even be, because I want to say it's a generational gap, right? And I want to say that it's, we're old fuddy-duddies, but I know too many people our exact age who obsessively love her. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think it's the reason that I know that this feud is real, um, is because the music all sucks. <laughs> like, I think if the music was better, like, we, on, on Now and Again Prime, we covered Nas's Ether, and, like, that is maybe the all-time great diss track. Uh, like, that is a fucking burial in three minutes. Bad Blood was terrible. Uh, Swish Swish was so bad that all Taylor Swift had to do was, like, literally make a song that was- Not the worst thing. Yeah, and it's just the worst fucking song. And that is how you have to know that this feud is not manufactured. Like, this is real. Because everything surrounding it sucks. Everything surrounding it sucks. Yeah. I, I gotta agree. Um, and that's even, it's, it's also really interesting that they both have such completely, you know, not to keep coming back to, to Katy Perry, but they both sort of have that very disingenuous background where Katy Perry started as a Christian rock artist. And then transitioned yep. over to pop music where she sort of salaciously used gay culture with between the song You're So Gay and also, you know, I Kissed a Girl, which is I, – I made a comment in the original take of this that I Kissed a Girl is such an offensive thing because it was clearly done to get the attention of men and be sexual mm-hmm. when bisexual women and lesbians are the two groups of women that are the only groups of women that can genuinely say that their lives are not run by some men in some way. And so like that's super fucked up to have done. But – yeah, I think Taylor Swift seems so manufactured. The fact that both of them gravitated toward um, hip-hop says something to me. Yeah, this new this new Taylor Swift song that's trap-influenced is not good. Genuinely, no. Genuinely, it is not good. And I, I feel judgmental for saying it, but I, I think Taylor Swift rapping is a bad idea. <sighs> my opinion. Yeah. I think Taylor Swift rapping is a real bad idea. Uh, my friend, I actually have a friend who I, I listened to Ready For It, which is the other Taylor Swift rap track. Uh, I listened to him, I listened to uh, it with him, and he was kind of like, oh, dude, I actually, I don't hate this. And you know what? I guess I could kind of see not hating it. And I guess I could kind of see even thinking it's a little okay. Because if you don't contextualize it with who it is, it's brilliantly produced. It's brilliantly written in terms of they know this is what's going to be a radio hit. There, mm-hmm. There's no question yeah. this is going to be a, you know, a bonkers bonsai radio hit and it's going to be a big deal and everyone's going to love it. And that's really important thing to consider because what we're saying then 
is Taylor Swift recorded a song that's good because it was built to be good, not because of Taylor Swift. So it's like a like a pure strain Taylor Swift song. It is artfully created to hit as many kind of marketing ideas and um, uh, demographics as possible. Yeah, I, I completely feel that way, and I think that's might that might even be part of it for me. Um, and I'm gonna bring up something slightly off topic. The same friend who I was just saying actually kind of thought it was a good song also likes America's Got Talent. And he was saying uh, that there was this this kid I had to see and the kid has a very Ed Sheeran style and then out of nowhere busts into some speed rap. Oh, God. Yeah. And I found it very disingenuous. I found it very... And he was like oh a... Oh, my God. I'm not sure. And he was a ginger. Oh, that's like two concepts that... Fuck me. That's like fucking chocolate sauce and spaghetti sauce. Just like... You just, two ideas that are like decent on paper and then you shove them in your mouth at the same time and you puke on your own dick. Yeah, it it wasn't for me, but like what was more annoying was that the guy the first song he did was like so this song is about a girl and um I I just think she should know she's worth more than she's getting treated like she's worth and I just I wanted to record this song for her. So, I mean You know, the song is kind of like Girl, I know you've been crying, yeah. And then, like, out of nowhere, he's like, Girl, you know, I could be good to you, and it could be... Like, and you're just like, oh, my God, this is way too much. This is way too much. This is way too much. It could be me being like, damn it, you know, that takes the kind of thing I do to the next step, and maybe I'm just being judgmental, but I find at this point in my life, one of the most important things to me is is being genuine. I have a really hard time getting behind not genuine art. Yeah. And I think that's probably part of my disillusionment with with the great Taylor Swift I don't find her very genuine and I find that very hard there's an episode of the Golden Girls where Dorothy the smart one is and B. Arthur the old one you know, not, I guess they're all old well anyway point of story there's an episode of the Golden Girls where Dorothy's trying to get on to Jeopardy and Dorothy is a genius so Dorothy should be on Jeopardy and in fact Dorothy kills it at the audition but at the end they tell her she doesn't get on the show and she's like, why am I not getting on the show? An impressive array of knowledge. You said so yourself. And the guy says, well, because we don't think America would root for you. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, actually the secret to Taylor Swift's success. I think America just roots for her. And I think yeah. she kind of gets away with whatever she wants. And I think she gets to pass it off. And I think she's going to do a People magazine cover when we get past the whole phase of the old Taylor Swift can't come to the phone right now because she's dead. Which is the most, I'm going, like, literally, this is the pop diva equivalent of uh, going goth your senior year. It really is. It's hard to take seriously. It's so manufactured. And beyond manufactured, it yeah. it kind of gives us a little insight into who Taylor Swift is as a person. Because the, the video of the, um, the video of the director, Lord Almighty, the director of the video himself was like, no, why is everybody crediting me with all of these ideas? These are all Taylor's ideas. Okay. Yeah. So if these are all... The Taylor Swift's collective hive mind. Well, even if it is the Taylor Swift collective hive mind, well then, well, I mean, no, well, even if it's not the Taylor Swift collective hive mind, if what he says is true at face value and she is actually a genius, she's showing us something about herself that's really ugly. 
She uses her genius yeah. to get revenge, and she sues like eight year olds that make Taylor Swift things on uh, Etsy. And yep, you know that open letter to Apple Music that she did. No, oh god, that was obnoxious. That was so I completely forgot about that. Fuck her. God damn it. Fuck her. <laughs> you know, I, oh man, when Tina Fey said that the writer strike was about young, starving writers who never get work and that the average TV writer works once every other year and that's a $55,000 script and they're trying to make sure those people are taken care of, not Ava Longoria. You know, that's that's what the point of it was. The writer strike was about making sure that writers that are trying to break in don't go hungry. When she said on SNL, the episode she hosted after the writer strike ended, that she's like, and we accomplished our goal. We got... A one-tenth of a penny increase per stream after three months of advertise, like, and she did a whole thing about how funny it was that that's all they were able to accomplish. But Tina Fey saying it, I really believe that Tina Fey cares about about people that way. Yeah, Taylor Swift comes off to me as like the real-world pop music version of the rich girl from Willy Wonka, Veruca Salt. It's like. Yeah, Daddy, I want the everlasting golf stopper. I, Daddy, let's let's make this track trap. I want to do trap. Everybody else is doing trap. I try. Oh, so uh, she tried to trademark the year nineteen eighty nine, um, and that always sticks out in my mind. And the reason it's important to bring this up is that's who we're talking about, actually. That's something that's really important. We're talking about somebody born in 1989, which means we're talking about somebody who is 28 goddamn years old. You should know better in a lot of ways. She is behaving in a way that is teaching people to be vindictive and teaching young girls who probably are the people she has the most effect on. It's... It's just reductive of her because she's clearly capable of so much more. Whether or not she is a collective or she is one woman coming up with all of this, she at least has the intelligence to go through with it and understand how to play that role. In that regard, she is brilliant, but she's using it for this. You know? Yep. And I think when it comes down to it, something that people should know is that even though they are getting 12 billion views on YouTube and their songs are all over the radio and Spotify, um, you can listen to something else. In fact, I I'd encourage it. There's a lot of really good pop singers, female pop musicians out there. Some of them are even pretty popular, like Lady Gaga and Kesha. Uh, and then, of course, there's ones that maybe you haven't heard of, like Robin and... Um, Fucking, uh, oh, I don't know, Carly Rae Jepsen. Shura, I can't stop pimping that out. Just one more time with Look What You Made Me Do. I mean, which is kind of what spurred this. Um, God, yeah, it's just, it's all around. Just just trash all over. And the fact that it is still getting that huge amount of money, it's still a huge amount of views, amount of plays, it just makes me think, like, it's like the people who try to, like, beat Donald Trump with logic. It's just like... No, like, the chuds are always going to... It doesn't matter what he does, doesn't matter what he says, the chuds are going to be like, yep, that's our president. Like, there's... No matter what she does, no matter what she shits out, people are going to go and buy it because she's become the brand and people will keep buying that brand. Um, but you don't have to. Break the cycle. Taylor Swift is iPhone. <sighs> you know, that is what is important here. We are talking about a fully grown adult. Nobody is coming at the teenager who wrote those early right. songs. Um... There's almost like an adorable quaintness to it by this point. 
But the other thing is her lyrics haven't changed. The lyrics haven't changed at all. The the new song is like, but I grew up just in time. Like it's like your names on my list in red underline. You made me play the fool. No, I don't like you. The lyrics have not gotten. They any might have progressed more. even honestly. And it does seem a little bit. Yeah, no, it's just unfortunate. I really want to like her, but her behavior is the kind of behavior I would tell my my high school students to knock off. Uh, well, that's that's the emergency now and again. Um, that's Taylor Swift. Uh, don't don't listen to her or do it. I mean, whatever. Just know that it's that she sucks. Who cares? Um, <laughs> uh, Nico, where can people find you? You guys can find me over on Facebook uh, with my super awesome musical project with my buddy Adam at facebook.com slash action duo. And you can also find me with my awesome comic book, Kid Riot, at kidriotcomics.com. We're also going to be showing at New York Comic Con uh, October 5th to October 8th at LGBTHQ booth 1483. And we'll actually have some uh, Cage Club uh, like stickers and swag at the table. And I'll probably be wearing my Cage Club shirt one day. So you should definitely, if you're a fan of the Cage Club network, Come check out booth uh, 1483 at Comic-Con at the Javits in October. Yes, definitely do that. Go grab some Cage Club stuff. See Nico and uh, the whole staff of uh, his awesome, awesome comic kid, Riot. I'm Chris Podcasts, at Chris Podcasts on Twitter. Find everything Cage Keanu and more at cageclub.me. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. I don't like you. I don't like you.